This series of podcasts on quantum nanotechnology is available free in both audio-only and full video formats from iTunes U. In this third podcast, we'll see how we might go about building the real-world version of Schrodinger's cat and its box. Now, of course, we wouldn't want to do the Schrodinger cat experiment in the real world. We wouldn't want to try and kill cats. And anyway, technically, it would be a, a very, there were various reasons why we couldn't do that. However, we could try, we could imagine at least, doing uh, a real experiment that follows the same metaphor as Schrodinger's cat. So what we would need is a box. And then this comes back, of course, to... Now let me show you a slightly different model. This comes back to our object C60, our buckyball. That, can that be our box in a real Schrodinger cat type experiment? Well, if so, we'll certainly need to put something into it to be our cat. That will be our first challenge, technical challenge, of producing something that perhaps looks like this. So here we have an object, could be a single atom, that we've implanted into our C60 cage. And then our hope would be that we might find that the cage sufficiently, it won't be perfect, but it could sufficiently shield the entity inside from the rest of the world that we could actually see evidence of this Schrodinger cat property uh, lasting for a decent amount of time, this quantum superposition. So there we are, that's the challenge. The first step is indeed to make this, this object. So that's a challenge for the chemists and chemical engineers. And I can show you now how we go about doing that. We use a device that's about the size of a desk. It's a, a vacuum chamber into which three important components come. There's the target, that's where the results accumulate, the source, and the ion gun. Now the source is really just a pot that contains a powder of empty buckyballs and we heat it so that some of the buckyballs get up enough energy to fly up into the vacuum above. Meanwhile the ion gun contains an enormous electric potential difference that accelerates individual nitrogen atoms out into the vacuum. So we have our heavy slow-moving buckyballs and in from the side we have our fast-moving charged nitrogen atoms, ions, and there are collisions which are normally catastrophic from the point of view of the buckyball, but occasionally there are rare perfect collision events where the nitrogen atom penetrates but does not break the cage and this is a capture event. So if we leave that machine running overnight, what we'll find when we come in in the morning and, and switch it off and have a look is we'll find a soot inside the machine on the component that we call the target. And this soot will be formed of two things, really. Lots of empty C60 molecules, which uh, we're no longer interested in. These are the, the ones that failed to capture a nitrogen atom. And, of course, the precious new thing that we've been trying to create, lots of molecules that look like this. In fact, the chemists call this N for nitrogen, N at C60, like an email address. So we'll have plenty of N at C60 in the soot and plenty of the empty stuff. And the challenge, which we haven't got an animation to show, but it's an extremely difficult, painstaking process, is actually to separate the good stuff from the boring stuff. They're very hard to separate, but this one is slightly more massive. It has slightly more mass because it has that extra atom. And a process called chromatography is used to separate the two, the two species of molecule. It's very, uh, a very slow process. And in fact, what we've worked out is that if we, if we ever try to produce as much as a gram of these molecules, 
it would cost us about four million pounds, extrapolating from how expensive it is for us to produce the smaller quantities, fortunately smaller than a gram, that we actually need in order to do our experiments. In the next podcast, we'll see how this precious substance, N at C60, was used to do a real Schrodinger cat experiment.